Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. You're a one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussion throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. And Jackie is in San Francisco and not in Japan. So, Jackie, you want to tell everybody briefly why you are where you are? Um, in the Episcopal Church, there is a special diocese and bishop that tends to military and federal ministries. So that includes VA hospitals, prison chaplains, and military chaplains. Um, so I am here um, with them to talk about what it is like being a military chaplain and the and the stuff that you encounter as someone in that sort of ecumenical ministry. So cool. So cool. And that's like, how many days is that? It, um, I've been here since Sunday and I leave tomorrow. So it's like a whole week in San Francisco. Nice. Yeah. It's awesome. That's fun. Well, we are here. We are back with you all to bring you your weekly primer on the gospel and get you ready to have all of your faith uh, uh, discussions throughout the week using the Faith to Go resources. Uh, but before we get into it, we always like to start uh, with our most exciting segment of the podcast, George Pan Venn Diagram, the weekly uh, segment where we look at the similarities between the country of Japan, where Jackie lives, and uh, my son, George Tremaine. But this <laughs> week, Jackie is not in Japan. So uh, to make sure that we're keeping with the times, we're going to change this opening segment to George Fran Venn Diagram, the similarities <laughs> between San Francisco and George Tremaine, my two-month-old son. So, Jackie, do you have a fun, exciting fact about San Francisco? <laughs> the most exciting yes, fact and, about San Francisco. Yes, and I am very excited about this fact. Um, you know, living in Japan has been hard, and... Um, I miss this, this great state a lot. And so my fact for this week is that San Francisco is located in California. Ooh, what a fun. Wow. So that's a good, a nice quick geography lesson for every, all of our international listeners and listeners across the country. Right. Mr. Worldwide. Um, and as far as I know, at least since I left home this morning, George <laughs> lives in California also, so George is also what? located in California. Yes. Yes. Um, so we're looking at the judges, and we've got two thumbs up. Third, One's shrugging because he's like, "That's lazy," up. but all right. <laughs> all three judges agree that that is, in fact, a similarity between the city of San Francisco, located in California, and George, my son, who lives in California. So thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're listening, everyone that's listening gets. Three gold stars. So, congratulations. It's completely arbitrary, because I'll say five. <laughs> we'll compromise. Four. Everyone gets four right, gold stars. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. That is the this week's segment of George Fran Venn Diagram. George Pan Venn Diagram will be back next week. And now we're going to get into the gospel. The second reason we're here. The second and second most important reason. <laughs> yeah. So, this week's gospel 
is again from um, the Gospel of Mark. It is the end of chapter 9, the very last uh, two stories in chapter 9. And like every week, the Faith to Go resources are based on the Gospel for this Sunday, September twenty, September 30th. And you can find all of those resources at www.myfaith2go.org, where you can also sign up for a weekly email, which has all of the uh, resources in it and gets sent out every Sunday morning for you to be able to use throughout the week. So Jackie is going to read the gospel, and then we're going to each take, uh, each take some time to highlight one point that we hope you take into your faith discussions this week with those faith to go resources. So Jackie's going to read Mark 9, 38 to 50. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of the power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where their worm never dies and their fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. All right, so super intense Jesus this week. Yeah, he is. Um, he goes off. As he usually is. But Can you imagine one... being John and the disciples and kind of being like, oh, all right. Just kind of like right. sinking in their seats a little bit. Like, like they were last ask week. ask what you think is a simple question and Jesus just like. Not even a simple question. They were like tattletailing and they yeah. thought they were in the right. Right. And he was just yeah. like, ah, right. all right. Glad to see where you stand there, pal. So just a little bit of context about this. This story uh, follows immediately from last week's gospel, um, which was Jesus talking about um, the disciples discussing who was the greatest as they were walking to Capernaum, and Jesus telling them um, whoever desires to be the greatest will be last and servant of all. And then he is talking about welcoming a child in his name, and whoever welcomes a child in his name welcomes him, and whoever welcomes him welcomes not him but the one who sent him. And then right after that is is uh, John telling Jesus, someone was casting out demons in your name. So this is all kind of one long story broken up over two, um, one episode broken up over two weeks. So just important to keep that in mind that this isn't like a separate section from the gospel, but this is all part of this one conversation where Jesus has talked about the Son of Man suffering and dying and coming back to life, and then the disciples talking about who is the greatest, and then Jesus talking about welcoming children and the and the least and servant of all, and and then into this thing about the exorcist 
and sin and stumbling blocks and salt. So Jackie has, yeah, Jackie's got the first point. So take it away, Jackie. Um, My point today is from verse 40. Whoever is not against us is for us. Um, And this is is kind of a hard verse because you don't necessarily think that in your everyday life. But uh, this week at our conference, a part of what we've talked about is the importance of working together in ecumenical ministry, especially in a military setting. Um, A lot of times at military bases, you'll have randomly assigned chaplains. And so anyone can be there who's Baptist or Pentecostal or Episcopalian, Lutheran, um, Presbyterian, and you are all serving together. And you don't have usually uh, denominational services. You just have general, um, like Protestant traditional or Protestant contemporary services. And I think that this verse really applies to that work that's being done there. Um, you can't get caught up in being worried that someone is doing their service that's too Lutheran or too Baptist, because at the end of the day, if you are providing a Christ-filled service that is meaningful to the souls of the people that are coming there, the souls of the people that are far away from home and who are who are longing for something more, you're all doing that important work together. And so you can't, you can't get caught up in those moments of what is your denomination and is your denomination more right than my denomination? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that applies in, in a lot of the ways that sometimes we treat, um, you know, we like to joke about um, the difference between Lutherans and Episcopalians and who's the real Diet Coke to the Catholic Church. Um, but at the end of the day, all of us are trying to create believers and to live good Christ-filled lives and to make the world and our society a better place. And so it's important to be mindful of that wider goal that we all have for the world. Yeah, and it's interesting because it seems like John is <clears throat> John is dabbling in a little bit of superiority mixed with tribalism here of yeah, saying – you know, if this person is doing is is doing this healing work, but they're not doing it the way that we do it. They're they're like using your name, but they don't follow us. They're not like having to go through all the things we're going through. And so, like, and I like that because Jesus's response is is kind of pushing back on that kind of tribalism, which we see in like so many different places and, and especially in religious traditions and between religious traditions, because there's also this feeling of like, well, if someone is doing, like if someone is doing, you know, healing work in the world and doing all those things like that you listed there of like making the community, like helping in communities and doing all this work, but they're not doing it in the name of Christianity. Like, do we have an issue with that? Can we can we deal with that? And um, Jesus is this whole section. I think is so much about relationship and relationality between people and groups. And and Jesus really puts the the kibosh on John, uh, trying to like limit the work that of God in the world of saying like if 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 someone's not doing 
God's working this particular way in this particular box, like I'm expecting them to, then it can't be legitimate. And Jesus is saying, no, God's working and moving in ways beyond your comprehension. Mm -hmm. And you don't get to put God in a box. It's not really or God's possible. People. So the more you try to put God in the box, and I think this is like going to move into what Maya talks about a little bit, is like the more you try to put God in a box and decide who's in and who's out, the more barriers you put up in relationship, the more barriers you put up between you and the world around you and the people around you. So so that does go into my, my point. Um, and it's that striking image of Jesus talking about, you know, tearing out your eyes and cutting your feet and your hands off. It's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, we can just take a moment to sit and be like, oh, okay. Um, but, so when I read this, I was telling Jackie and David, it just doesn't sound like Jesus, be beyond the harsh tone of it all, because he does get harsh in other parts, for sure. Um, because Jesus is all about connection, you know, and he's against that separation, and over and over and again in the Gospels, like, vehemently, like, rejects any social and religious norms that separate people. And um, he constantly connects with the women, the children, the poor, the sick, the foreigner. Connects with them and is very, very much against that barrier, that block. But what I think he means is that the physical pain that you would feel from tearing out your eyeball, kind of, you know, would be a lot less painful. It would be better for you than when we put stumbling blocks before other people. And that can manifest in many different ways. Something maybe a little bit less dramatic, maybe um, putting people in boxes, as David had said, something where it could be somewhat innocuous, but we actually don't know how innocuous or harmful certain judgments can be. And just as and John was putting a stumbling block, he was attempting to thwart the other exorcist's healing of this person just because he wasn't following them. Um, and Jesus pushed back on that, pushes back on that. Um, right. Yeah. And, and I think both of these points so far, I think, call us to look for the good, like look for the good in each other and support each other. And, and instead of excluding someone or telling someone that they're not right or making their life harder, to look for the ways in which yeah, they are a beloved child of God. And yes, they are doing good things in the world. And how can we create a relationship because of those mm -hmm. instead of putting up these stumbling blocks and kicking them out of our tribe? And ultimately, we miss out on those relationships. So I was telling David that there's a new uh, Bible study at City College. And I started going to it. And my, like initially, I was a little bit like, out of my comfort zone with the people that were hosting it because it was mainly, I think, a mainline Protestant kind of, I, I felt like more conservative interpretation of the Bible, um, like Baptist and stuff. And I, I just felt out of my comfort zone and I wasn't, I was open to it, but I'm so glad I was because I feel loved in that group because it feels like they love me because we both love Jesus. Not just because of that, but like, we share this love for Jesus, even though we express it in, in very different ways, admittedly. But it kind of ties back to what Jackie was saying about whoever is not against us is for us. Because if I had put that barrier, that block up, uh, it would have hurt me, but it also would have hurt them because they're not doing what they're trying to do, which is kind of 
being community with the students at city. So that was just an example that I really felt this week. And the other interesting thing about this part is that he doesn't say it would be better for you to live maimed than to have two hands and go to hell to the unquenchable fire or to uh, live life lame than to have to have two feet and be thrown to hell. He says it is better for you to enter life maimed or to mm-hmm. enter life Retweet, lame. yeah. Um, or to enter the kingdom of God with one eye. Which is very so near. So it's like, it's so interesting, that idea, because he's, it seems like he's talking to people who are already living their life. So he's not saying, like, he's not talking to babies in the womb, you know. He's not talking to people that don't exist yet, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So... It's like, what does it mean to enter life when you're already living your life? And I think it's that, like, he, I think that's a subtle indication of the fact that, like, we're invited to something more, to, like, something deeper. And that is that relationship thing. It's Mm -hmm. like, that maybe the kingdom of God is being in, like, right relationship with one another and with ourselves. And, like, feeling our connection to God in every moment and through other people. And so to enter life is to, like take down those barriers and to enter into a relationship and that gets to that the last part of the of the reading that i want to talk about uh about this salt and fire thing Uh, for everyone will be salted with fire salt is good but if salt has lost its saltiness how can you season it have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another so i love that jesus uh, there's a there's a there's a phrase that um, a paradox is truth standing on its head so that you'll like so that you'll pay attention to it. So I like how Jesus Jesus has a lot of good paradoxical statements in the Gospels, and I like how he's pairing salt and fire with one another uh, because I think it is like this window into this paradoxical truth of relationship and and relationship with ourselves and with God and one another and the spiritual journey Um, because salt is a preserving agent and fire is kind of a destroying agent you know Mm -hmm. so he's like saying that you'll be salted with fire so you'll be preserved by this destructive thing and I love that idea that uh, to me it's an indication of this this paradoxical truth that we think that to like be preserved is to always remain the same but actually preservation in our spiritual life is like letting things letting things be destroyed and burned down to like enter into new life in resurrection Mm -hmm. and that that is preservation that preservation isn't isn't being unchanging but preservation is becoming who we already are and are like going to be and self-preservation isn't trying and aiming to be unscathed because mm-hmm. that's just not possible right. because everyone will be salted with fire because right. everyone will suffer. Right. But through that, you know, we will change and transform and that is how we'll stay constant. Yeah, Actual preservation isn't staying the same but transforming through our suffering in the ways that we are like burned down and then, resur- and then brought to new life. Right, like yeah. ecological, uh, was it ecological mm-hmm. devastation? You know, that's what they call it when 
um, an ecosystem, like if there's a wildfire, but yeah. through that wildfire, new, new life, life right. comes through. That might have not been possible right. if it had So it's happened. not about like putting out every fire because if you did that, it would die. And, and it would. And it would be outside of the cycle uh-huh. of death right. and resurrection. And so salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? If we've. If we start to believe that preservation is staying the same, stay, being completely impassive, you know, like never changing and transforming, then we've lost the saltiness of our salt. It's not salt anymore. And so to have salt in yourself and be at peace with one another is the fact that we have to recognize that we are always changing and transforming. And to bring it back to the relationship part, that other people that we are in relationship are always changing and transforming too. And so it mm-hmm. would be, it would, it would be lose, we would lose our saltiness. Salt will lose its saltiness if we believed that, that preserving relationship was to keep pretending like other people that we're in relationship are not changing. Right. But actually to, to have salt in ourselves and in our relationships is to remember oh, this person I love, this person that I'm in relationship with, this person is always changing. And so my job is to recognize how I'm changing and like learn anew every day and moment who this person is that I'm with. Okay, so we have three points. Uh, the first point from Jackie was uh, from the uh, verse, um, whoever is not for us, sorry, <laughs> whoever is not against us is for us. And this idea of being open to the ways that God is moving in the world, and especially like Jackie's example in those ecumenical spaces and interfaith spaces of working together for, for the good and not being hung up on our kind of tribal boundaries. Um, Maya's point was the second point, and that was about not being cut off in relationship and not putting up barriers in our relationships with one another. And then the third point uh, was mine, and that was about um, the salt and the fire and that paradox of how when we are, you know, burned, that we are actually preserved, that when we, like, are part of this cycle of death and resurrection, preservation is not about staying the same but about always transforming and then being able to be in relationship and recognize the transformation of everything around us. So... Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time, and after having that discussion, see if you hear anything differently from the reading. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly, I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it'd be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. For it is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell. 
where their worm never dies and their fires never quenched. For everyone who will be salted with fire. Salt is good, and if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. That's our episode for this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back in your podcast feed next Sunday, uh, October 7th. Uh, make sure to go check out all of the Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Sign up for our weekly email. It comes out every Sunday. And follow us on Instagram at faith to go And make sure to go rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. Uh, we'll be back next week. But until then, thanks for listening. And goodbye, everyone.